0: This is the Cine Snob Podcast.
1: Welcome to episode 160 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Cody, um, we are whatever week uh, into quarantine. Uh, we are at this point. I don't know four weeks. I think. I is, think it's probably closer make? to five at this point, right? Five, five. I think five official um, um, episodes we've done quarantine uh style because the last uh let's see um yeah onward was the last th- onward and the way back were the last theatrical things we've done mm. so this is one two one two three four five this is the sixth quarantine episode God we've damn. done son of a bitch uh but um you know there's still new content coming out uh although the theatrical stuff we didn't review troll trolls world tour but some of the theatrical stuff that has moved, at least one thing, uh, actually has a release date now. And that is Lovebirds, the Kumail Nanjiani, Issa Rae uh, comedy mm-hmm. that I think I saw a trailer for at every film I went to before this quarantine happened.
2: Yeah, they were pushing it hard. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was one of those that was supposed to open at South by Southwest. um mm-hmm. it was supposed to premiere there. And uh, it sold to Netflix um, w- without a release date a couple um, couple weeks ago, and so finally, uh, it'll be coming out. Um, I believe May twenty second. Yeah, is the release uh, date for that.
1: Which uh, you know, in in it's probably the better home for it. I think I talked about that before because um, I don't know what yeah. what it would have opened against in the in the be- back in the old world before the quarantine. But it's probably a better home for it. Um, there's also, um, you have a, a list up, uh, Warner Brothers announced a, a bunch of shifts uh, for their upcoming films uh, today, too, right? That was released.
2: They did, yeah. So the the most important one, I think, um, to to review is that uh, uh, Matt Reeves' The Batman uh, got moved from June 25th, 2021 to the first weekend in October, October 1st. Um, and that was a big. One. I mean, they basically had to halt production. Uh, yeah, they were they were filming in in London, um, and uh, and so that's so apparently a quarter of the film is shot, and um, and uh, they're they're gonna. It says Reeves is currently sifting through footage. Um, we also have the standalone version of the Flash that got moved up actually. From yeah, June that's f-
1: a weird. That's a weird one.
2: Yeah, it's was it July first It moved up to June third. Um And then uh, Shazam 2, which was dated for April 1st, got moved to November 4th, um, which is interesting because Disney actually has a live-action comedy on that date right now. Or, I'm sorry, a live-action movie, not comedy. I don't know why I said that. Um, a <laughs> couple others here. Um, the Elvis Presley uh, movie that Tom Hanks famously got coronavirus at uh has moved f- from uh October 1st to November 5th which will go up against Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness uh a movie that uh got um uh, it was Sam Raimi confirmed he is making that movie it was it was in the trades for a while but he officially confirmed it which is a very interesting <laughs> Oh I didn't
1: know that that officially got confirmed I think that was a rumor back in like December
2: Yeah yeah Sam Raimi officially confirmed it uh last week Oh um, that's cool. Yeah. And then we have um, the Many Saints of New York, the Sopranos prequel. Um, Newark. Oh, oh shit. Newark. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm reading these two. I'm scrolling while I'm reading these. Uh, Newark uh, was dated for September 25th of this year, got moved to March 12th of next year.
1: Yeah, I'm really... That's one I'm really looking forward to of the smaller films that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, yeah. I'm a big Sopranos fan, but...
2: Yeah, yeah. Um Moving on because Warner Brothers did a shitload today. Um, <laughs> the, there's a Will Smith drama called King Richard that was uh, that got pushed uh, a year that was supposed to come out November 25th this year it got moved to November 19th, 2021, where it will share a release date with Paramount's Dungeons and Dragons in an untitled Disney live action movie.
1: I, I can't. They're giving Dungeons and Dragons another try, huh? Mm-hmm. I, I remember um, the. I think in the early 2000s there was a version with, uh, um, what's his name? Jeremy Irons. Oh wow! And uh, I think they did like a direct-to-video sequel. And Man. then,
2: uh, oh, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. I'll tell you something. It's mine's totally irrelevant.
1: No, no, no. I, go, I'm done.
0: It's fine. Um,
2: did did you ever watch the show Veep? No. So there is <laughs> there was there was this uh, running gag where uh, where uh Julie Louis Dreyfus's character um was confusing uh, uh Ron Jeremy and Jeremy Irons <laughs> and so <laughs> and so like someone someone made like um uh someone I think someone made like like put her into like a porn parody um I believe and uh, and they showed it on a video screen <laughs> and she turns around and she asks someone she says like so who was that fucking me was that
1: Jeremy Irons <laughs> and it's just a really funny line <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, so this this film is uh gonna have a good old Ansel Elgort, which one? Uh, uh, the King new Richard. Du- sorry, the new Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, sorry, oh. I, I was going off of the Jeremy Irons thing. Uh, and apparently, uh, um, uh, it's uh, uh, co-written by uh, uh John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I'm surprised. I was I. I only know Dungeons and Dragons exists and there was a cartoon in the early eighties that I watched, but I've never been a, a role playing fan. I think it came back into fashion with uh stranger things, obviously. Right. But, uh, I, I had no idea they were making a new film. So yeah. Um, what else is, uh, pushed, uh, just a couple
2: more. There's, um, a sci-fi called reminiscence call, uh, uh, with, uh, Hugh Jackman, Dandy Newton and Rebecca Ferguson. Um, I don't know what the original date was, but it's now April 16th, 2021. Uh, and it's up against uh, Sony Pictures, Animations, Lin-Manuel Miranda, musical Vivo. Uh, and then, um, and then uh, there was a movie that was supposed to open on October, uh, August 21st of this year. It was a untitled Fred Hampton movie about the black Panther party member with uh, Daniel Kaluuya, um, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Martin Sheen, and Lil Rell, and Jesse Plemons. Uh, interesting cast yeah. right there. Uh, that is currently undated, but it was moved off to of the schedule.
1: So uh, um, for now, Tenet is still scheduled for July, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yeah. It's, S- Tenet is still on the calendar. So that's a huge, obviously, that's the Christopher Nolan, who knows what it's about, sci fi time travel thing. I'm surprised that one. I, I'm I'm wondering if that's the last one that they moved. because they moved Wonder Woman already, and uh, obviously all the the other stuff, the Batman, Flash, and um, I don't think Suicide Squad. It was supposed to come out this year. What, the Suicide Squad um, that was always 2021, I believe.
2: Yes, I believe so. And James Gunn has already said that that Guardians and Suicide Squad won't be delayed. I don't I don't know how he can say that with Ultimate. Certainty, uh-huh. but but yeah, I'm, is I'm, Guardians
1: I'm, three even started filming?
2: Um, I, don't, I can't imagine. I don't it Think has. so? Anyway. I don't think so. But yeah, I'm looking at the calendar, and and I and um in as far as wide releases, Tenant is the is the only thing that like hasn't moved yet. Really, there's on July 10th, there's a Purge movie that is on still on the calendar, and then Mulan is July 24th, and then um after that, it's a bunch of stuff that got pushed, you know.
1: It's going to be weird how this shakes out. If it, like, if everything lifts, like, there's already talk of, uh, we were just talking about this before we started recording that, uh, the governor of Georgia, uh, is opening, is allowing theaters to open. Right. Next, is it next week or is it this week? I can't remember what it said.
2: Um, I think it's either, it's either Friday or Monday. Uh, there's, I think there's it's a,
1: the 24th. Yeah. So yeah. it's Friday. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what the hell they're going to show.
2: No, I, I mean I, I don't. There's nothing new to so I, it, it's got to be a bunch of. It's either got to be like old movies or it's got to be stuff that was just in theaters right before everything shut down. So I mean maybe they're, <laughs> I mean maybe they're showing screenings of um, shit. What was what was the last movie that came out?
1: Uh, I mean I think the way back, the way back was the last one we saw. The way back and uh, onward, I think were the two big last. You know big what? Ones. I think
2: the hunt was the week. After
1: oh maybe right? there was there was one more so. week
2: after where I think it was the Hunt and maybe one other movie
1: yeah maybe the Hunt yeah or yeah they're just gonna show movies like Onward that's already on Disney Plus
2: <laughs> yeah because I was supposed to go see the Hunt and then I chickened out on the, on the last one of the last days it was open I was like I don't want to put myself through this
1: yeah I I did the same thing the the Way Back was was officially the last thing I saw in a theater thus far mm-hmm. and that was. Shit! The beginning of March. It doesn't even. I don't even. I don't know. I have no idea when it when it was released. Um, but I, I'm curious to if you know the theaters do reopen. Um, how long it takes to you know nationwide and that people are comfortable with it and everything. How long it takes to ramp back up? Like, is yeah. there something that that's in the can that they'll like? Say they move. They've moved Mulan to July, but it's obviously done. Could they then re-slot it into June? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, or May? Yeah. I, I just, I'm just, I'm curious as to how that works because I don't know what the machinations are of this stuff. I mean, I don't assume that you need to do anything other than publicity. Yeah. So if you did like a week of ads and you know talk shows or whatever, then I think you'd be good to go. But I just think people are going to be so content-starved for that. And, you know, I, I, who knows when it's going to be officially time to go, but it's, I think whatever comes out is going to be, going to be well attended because people want to see something or it's not going to be well attended because people are scared. So, right.
2: Yeah. Variables. It, it is weird. And, 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 you know, and, and also I just really quickly, cause I wanted to give a quick update on, on a couple of things that we've been kind of tracking a little bit, um, there was an article that came out like 30 minutes ago on uh, IndieWire that talks a little bit about um, VOD charts and what people have been watching, and and um, and so I'm gonna go over something really funny, uh, which is the top 10 Netflix streams for the week because there's a <laughs> just a weird one, but um uh, I don't it doesn't it doesn't list a source and and Universal hasn't reported revenues officially. But they're saying that the ten day total for for trolls world tour might be somewhere in the eighty million range um and it says they could recoup almost uh, much or even all of the ninety to hundred million dollar production cost which is that's crazy crazy <laughs> um especially at twenty dollars a pop you know that's that that i mean that's that is a huge win for them as far as i'm concerned uh but uh I was looking at the top ten uh movies on uh on, on on Netflix um over the past week and it's the most viewed current ranking and highest uh position during the week. So so uh it's it's where it currently ranks, but also how high that it got. And man, quarantine is hitting people hard. Uh <laughs> uh The number one movie this week on uh Netflix was Despicable Me number two okay, okay. Number, number two is a movie called code eight i don't i don't know what that is it's a it says 2019 limited theatrical release movie number three currently and during the week <laughs> uh the green hornet uh what, what? yeah yeah uh number and <laughs> i i don't under i i don't understand that in a couple more here Number four, Earth and Blood, which was a 2020 uh, a Netflix original movie that came out this year uh, or th- this week, I think. Um, number five and getting as high as number two for the week, Angel is Fallen. Um,
1: <laughs> I did. I never saw that one. I haven't. I have. I only saw the first one, Olympus is Fallen. I haven't seen the the two sequels.
2: Yeah. 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 Um, number six is Sergio, a movie that we almost covered on this show, um, this week. It's a Netflix original movie. Yeah. Um, and then here's where again it gets super weird. Um, number seven and climbing as high as number five for the week. M Night Shyamalan's The Last Airbender. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, <laughs> and then eight, nine, and ten is uh Love Wedding Repeat, uh, The Hangover. And uh, Angry Birds 2.
1: That's um, so strange. It is weird. <laughs> and I mean, there there are good movies on Netflix. I know it it's, doesn't have the library that it used to have, but there are decent movies on there. I, I can't believe something like it. What was the weird one? The super weird one? The Green Hornet was number three. The Green three. Hornet, yeah. Like, that's not even, like, I don't even, I, I can't think of anyone who's, who thinks of that movie at all. You know what's I mean, like, weird
2: is that is that I think that and, and i don't know I don't think they've been able to like master how to do it, but that Netflix algorithm that somehow puts shit in front of your eyeballs, yeah, you know they can really be responsible for like a movie having a second life, and it's super weird that 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 exists and that it's it seems to be like arbitrarily put out there because you know there there have been movies that have had huge. You know, have developed cult status as a result of being on Netflix. I mean, shit. Look, look at The Office. Yeah, which yeah. was which was you know well liked certainly by a lot of people, and then it's put on Netflix, and it's literally the biggest thing that they have.
1: Yeah, it, be- it became like a Friends level thing, and it yeah. it, ha- it captured this whole new generation of younger fans too, which I love. But yeah, it is one of those uh, kind of puzzles of the algorithm, I guess. Because yeah. something something is related to Green Hornet, and I don't know I don't know what, but it's putting things in front of people's because, like, the Green Hornet is zero percent memorable.
2: Well, what I'm assuming it is is that it's probably something that got added to Netflix, um, like a new like a new edition, and it probably came up as new on Netflix, and people were scrolling through. and And the funny thing about it, uh, which I find uh, fascinating, is that. The reason people are watching it is probably because nobody remembers it and nobody <laughs> saw it when it came out. And now now that streaming has become such a big huge thing and especially during quarantine, people are going, "What the fuck is this movie?
1: like <laughs> why is Seth Rogen a superhero?" Yeah, cuz it came out in like January of 2011 or something. Oh my god, yeah, it was it was Blake, Blake dumped. Yeah, yeah. And and it I had no idea Cameron Diaz was in it I think until I saw her pop up on screen.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh,
1: so weird. So weird how how that stuff kicks around. Like yeah, but I that's probably the case is no one remembers anything about it. Uh and and for for the record, I don't think it's a terrible movie. It's just who gives a shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, yes. I mean, it, I think it is a bad movie. I don't think that it's unbearable and unwatchable, but uh again, as you said,
1: who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, who who's who's alive still that cares about the green Hornet? <laughs> <laughs>
2: excuse me God I remember when Kevin do you remember when Kevin Smith was attached to that
1: oh yeah um, that was like early 2000s right Mm-hmm. yeah it was like it was one of many projects he had that was going to star Jason Lee
2: yep yep that that and he was uh, they were supposed to reboot Fletch with Jason Lee which by the way would have been great I
1: wish that would have I, happened yeah me too I would have loved that um, yeah but then I, I, I'm curious as to whatever happened with all that stuff like how it got to the option stage to like actually buy like because you know no one really i mean have you have you seen fletch, fletch yeah films? i've seen fletch i've seen the like, first
2: one i haven't seen um, the second fletch. what the is second it fletch lives
1: yeah it's dumb but um like i i had a co-worker that loved fletch and i had i hadn't seen it in a long time because it was one of those that i'd watched like with my dad when i was younger so i re-watched it and i was like you know it's not like it's funny but it's not really a comedy. No, it's not at all. Like it's like an action movie with some jokes. Like it's it's a little bit it's like a little bit more actiony than Beverly Hills Cop because like Beverly Hills Cop is pretty straight faced too. It's it's funny as shit. But I, I was really shocked that that Fletch was kind of a straightforward like crime movie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Um. How do we get to talking about Fletch? Oh, Green Hornet. Kevin Smith. I think uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot is on uh, Amazon Prime uh, for free now. It is, yeah. If you want to watch that,
2: I was ta- I was trying to talk our friend James into into watching because I because I was uh, we went to a press screening of Doctor Sleep once, and I stayed for Jay and Silent Bob, oh, uh, yeah. Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, and he was going to stay and watch it with me, and he decided to go. home. Yeah,
1: we. <laughs> uh, I did the same thing. I think we both ended right. up doing yeah. that. Like I did a, ma- a marathon of uh, of Jay and Silent Bob. Or I think it was Doctor Sleep, and then Jay and Silent Bob. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just sat at a movie theater. <laughs> I, I hadn't done that in years. Just sat at a movie theater for two movies in a row.
2: Shit, I I was I went. I mean, that was after a press screening, so I I was starting Jay and Silent Bob at like ten o'clock. And weren't and, you
1: at the shit theater? Um, yeah, I was at <laughs> Cielo Vista Regal Cielo Vista. Oh. All right, let's 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 wrap this up. Anything else before we move on?
2: No, I just think again this the movie landscape is continuing to become fascinating to watch. You know, I don't I I don't really because I mean everything is shut down so even if even if people follow georgia's lead which i hope they don't and open theaters you know beyond that being a ridiculously dumb idea at this point in time Mm -hmm. there's nothing to show until july i mean really everything has been moved off the schedule until tenant basically so i i I don't i don't it's hard i mean you would think that the hiring costs and the operating costs and all of that shit would would make them lose even more money somehow You know, by having to pay people and pay for supplies and food and and stuff like that with nobody buying it. I I just cannot imagine people flocking to the movies, you know, to go watch, uh, you know, whatever leftovers are still there unless they do some kind of second run type thing. But even then, you're second running at this point all the January releases.
1: So, yeah, yeah. And there's not I mean, yeah. (laughs) How many times are you going to screen bad boys for life? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Okay, let's go ahead and move on to reviews.
0: Here are this week's reviews.
1: First up, we have Sila and the Spades.
0: They make the new kids take our photos because they don't take us seriously. That's a mistake the whole world makes. They never take the girls seriously. So it's like this. When you're 17, and when you're a girl, you've got the whole world telling you what to do with your body. Your mom tells you, change your dress. It's too fast, too short, too shiny. The school tells you, cover your shoulders, cover your legs, because they can't tell boys to keep it in their pants. (laughs) And boys, they're the worst. They tell you, they'll only like you if you look impossible. So you've got all these people telling you how to wear your skin, Making you feel like whatever you want is the wrong slutty thing, and then you've got Spirit Squad. You know who decides our uniforms? We do.
1: So, Cody, this is an Amazon Prime original film. Hmm. Um. I I believe it was picked up at a festival. Or am I wrong? It was at
2: Sundance last year in 2019. Okay. Yeah.
1: So it's uh, it's. You may be kind of misled, I think, with the like the kind of premise of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a, uh, like it feels like it's going to start out as a Mean Girls take. Yeah. And then it turns into something that I wasn't very fond of. But but what did you think of Seelah of and the Spades?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I think that it, it makes a couple of like large errors right off the bat. I mean, and I say that In in terms of like, you know, I I, what really didn't work for me, which none of it does. I can't remember the last time I was more baffled by a movie, uh, (laughs) to be quite honest with you. And I feel like I missed everything that they were trying to do. And you know what? And it was weird because I was I was I just Google this to see if anyone else has made this comparison. And it's actually kind of funny because the director of the movie was apparently very inspired by this movie. And suddenly it makes sense but the whole time i was thinking about uh ryan johnson's brick as as like mm. as as a compare like a comparison where i think it was trying to be brick where brick built this sort of like self-contained wor- world with lingo and and um and and and, and what's what Sella and the spades tries to do is create uh and do and put a lot of uh effort into world building and essentially what you get is a, a a drug ring that's run by teenagers, and the the problem it has, or the problem I had with it, is that it's so self serious, <laughs> and it is it it plays it one thousand percent straight. And you and I were chatting about it um, off mic, and you know there it, it it's almost as if it, it it's not even trying to make some sort of like social commentary or um, or be about something bigger or have a, some self awareness or anything like it's it's it is such it's just like a straightforward drug ring movie that takes place in a high school where it's it just it just cuts into every bit of believability that there is and I had trouble taking it seriously yeah and I mean- it demands to be taken seriously and I think
1: that's the problem yeah, I mean, it's, it's essentially like it's a mafia film. Yeah. Like there's these different, you know, uh, factions or, or families or whatever you want to call it, however you want to reference it, that control different aspects of the school. Like the spades control drugs. And I mean, they get some hardcore drugs, like eight balls and shit. I don't yeah. know what the, this is like a, this is so self-serious. Um, you know, then there's, uh, uh, whatever the fuck else there was. But yeah, I, I, it, so the beginning of the film, sets it up as if as if it's going to be some sort of satire right uh with the opening kind of narration about how the groups are, are split up and then it does zero with that and mm-hmm. it, it goes into this this story that I don't really know what it's about
2: yeah I mean it, it, it it's sort of about i mean I think if you want to boil it down to themes and stuff i think it's about about jealousy in a lot of ways. And, and, and these are just like on the surface things, but jealousy or, um or kind of being your own person and that kind of stuff. I think I where it really started to lose me was when it, 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 it got into like the nitty gritty of like, like the enforcer nature of having like, like being a drug dealer and they have yeah. certain characters like beat the shit out of other characters where you're
1: like, I don't, I don't buy this i don't yeah you don't, yeah, you, you have like a, a 100 pound like 15 year old girl that beats the shit out of a guy who's tied up yeah like i, I i'm not buying it one at all not it, any bit
2: not not any not not at all but also it feel it just feels out of pl- like thematically it just feels out of pl- it's not believable like if like looking beyond uh just like the the physicality of it the idea that there's a drug ring where girls are sent to beat up guys in a high school when they're like doing their algebra homework and shit. Like it just, it just doesn't pass them. Like it just doesn't pass that test. It it, like, Uh it doesn't pass the believability test where I'm like, I could not suspend my disbelief enough to, to really crack into it. And, and, and because of that, like I said, I don't know what it's trying to accomplish. I don't know if it's trying to just be a straight up like gangster flick and and like in in like leaning into it and, and making you think by placing it in a high school, um, or what? But but like, there's no winks to the camera. Like it, it's not it, it's it's not even like over the top and kind of funny because it is over the top. It is because it's so self seriously. And I think again, the tone and the attitude of the movie is that it demands to be taken seriously. I mean, and the problem is, I think it's just all. It's all style, all sizzle, no steak. Like it's just it, – it's, 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 it's slick and it's sleek, but it has nothing to say, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I, I, and I feel like there's there's a female empowerment theme going through it a little bit, um, that, but I don't think it's ever really capitalized on because it's not so much you – know, there's a, there's kind of a, a, a lengthy monologue from the Sila character about uh, cheerleading – Uh, And the uniforms that they wear, and why they do it, etc. But it just doesn't ring true enough because there's literally like no teachers in this school, right? (laughs) At all. Like there's a there's a really inept principal, uh, played by Jesse Williams, um, and it's the rest of it sort of seems to to like like there's no supervision at all in this school. And again, it sets up this kind of satirical take on on something or something at least meant to take the piss out of out of this genre and give it some other kind of spin. um you know, because they like this families meet at this ridiculously ornate table in the middle of the woods. yeah. um I mean, it, there's just a lot of kind of strangeness to it. And the comparison to brick I can get, um I just don't think this accomplishes anything other than making some sort of puzzling world building as opposed to this we this other realm. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but it doesn't feel like there's enough world building done to make any of this make sense.
2: Right. And the, and the brick comparison is more in, in terms of like what I believe the intention probably was. Right. Um, but yeah, but, and there's, and there's just certain scenes of like, um, you know, like, like they're, 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 they meet in the woods to give drugs and it's like, everyone's being hounded. Like, Like, uh, you can't just, like, all wait in line. You're in the middle of the woods. Like, what's the rush here? Um, (laughs) But, but like... And I think that the performances are fine. Um, uh, I think that the best part of the movie is the girl who plays uh, Paloma. Um,
1: Oh, Celeste O'Connor?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I think she's the best part of the movie. And I think that that character is the most interesting character of the movie. But even she... She does. She's kind of in 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 many ways and throughout a lot of the movie a blank slate, and I think that it's a testament to her as an actress that makes it interesting because really that that character doesn't. You don't really know what that character stands for or believes in. I think. I don't think.
1: Yeah, I mean, you get the the sense that she's being groomed by Sella, um, but it never really quite comes together. I don't think. I, I, yeah there's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff that feels like it doesn't work for this film and it is a um you know it's it like you said it does take itself totally seriously like there's no there's really very little humor in this at all if any and the storyline is you know has these 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 strange elements that just don't they don't work i don't think unless you kind of wink at the audience
2: yeah yeah anyway what's your
1: grade for stella and the spades
2: I was not into it at all, and I again I was baffled by it cause, because I don't understand what the intention was, and I and I can't remember the last time I watched a movie, and and, and just kind of sat there and I was like I don't know what they're trying to do here, um, so I, yeah I, I
1: give it a C. Yeah, I'm gonna give it the same thing a C. I, I was I was really not enjoying it at all. It was a pretty big slog for me. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have finally.
0: But boy. So you're asking me to go off this theory you got about a white married male who happens to be a father living in the suburbs of Pritikin County, who also happens to be your A.A. sponsor, has been secretly running around, cramming objects, animals, and children up his ass. Then he somehow digests them, and he does this in sprees, almost in serial killer fashion. Is that about it? Uh
1: huh. All right. This is fairly obviously a uh, Fantastic Fest alum. Uh, am, uh, was it from this past year, twenty nineteen? Yes. Okay. Um, so uh, you know, the, if you if you're not familiar with Fantastic Fest, it's a genre film festival that tends to traffic in these kind of outrageous premises for films. Mm-hmm. It's gotten a little bit more mainstream here and there. Yeah. Because I think Jojo Rabbit premiered the same in this past year. There, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the secret uh,
2: screening was Dolomite is my name.
1: And then uh, uh, wasn't Parasite there also? Yep, Parasite
2: was there. Um, and uh, there were a couple other high-profile movies um, that were there as well.
1: At any rate, this is more along the lines of what you would traditionally find at a fantastic fest. Mm-hmm. Um, so should we get the premise out of the way real quick? There's a guy that sucks things into his butt
2: yeah well uh, there's a guy yeah i mean the i mean and i think it's more than than that he he derives pleasure from putting things up his butt uh but but the <laughs> well, items well, and
1: i think power too not just pleasure but yeah, power
2: pleasure and power and and, and but the, the caveat and the catch is that the th- they don't come out uh and they stay <laughs> in his butt um <laughs> so it's a, it's a movie that if I'm being honest with you I skipped at Fantastic Fest based on title and synopsis <laughs> you know and uh, and look if 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 it if you think it sounds like a Fantastic Fest movie it is uh and um and it's one of those things that you know similar similar to Sailor and the Spades takes itself seriously but dissimilar um I think knows what it is and what its premise is and how ridiculous it is. Um, But it's played straight. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I I can see the appeal in a lot of it. Um, I think that it was, it was a a bridge too far for me in terms of just how ridiculous it ended up getting. Um, Especially when it, like, I think, I think some of it got a little bit and it kind of, this feels like such a weird complaint. (laughs) But it got a little bit like uh <laughs> lazy uh in in storytelling I thought like there's a scene where um a, a floppy disk is taken um, <laughs> yeah, and then the way that, that that scene is uh resolves itself i th- I was like, oh come on <laughs> like like come on are we I, I mean I feel like that was just an easy like like it, it would it must have been so easy to write that scene into the movie and <laughs> just move on um based on what happens. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think that it, it, it feels low rent and low budget for sure. And I think that the acting is a bit uh, hammy uh, on one side of it. And then on the other side, a bit, uh, and I think the guy who plays the guy who puts things up as, Bud is the director, if I'm not mistaken,
1: uh, uh, that's Tyler Cornack. I believe so. Yeah, I believe that's, th- yeah. Or it's either Tyler Cornack or, uh, cause I think both leads are named Tyler. Oh no, uh, Tyler Cornack. Yeah, Tyler Cornack is butt boy. Okay, Tyler Rice is the t- detective.
2: Okay, yeah, and I think Tyler Rice is a bit is a is chewing some scenery a little bit and and maybe making well, a meal playing, out like, of it.
1: Yeah, he's playing like a basically like every hard boiled detective, like self destructive detective. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's it's an archetype at this point.
2: Yeah, and and I and I and I think that it, it, I mean. uh probably purposefully so, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I just, I, I, it's, it, some of it's funny. Uh, I won't lie. I, I found some of it amusing and, 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 and I laughed a bit, but I, but I feel like it, it's, it, it's, it's, once it gets serious with what it's doing and, um, and then sort of, um, in sort of like getting way into the premise of, of, of the story of butt boy and like what his arc is and what his, um, what what he appears to be on the outside to the public versus what he is actually, I I, I had trouble connecting those dots and thinking that it was a uh, a satisfying um storyline. Which really, in a movie like this, the story has to like be good to make up for the ridiculous gimmick of the premise, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I I'm I'm a little on the fence with this one because I, I I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. Um, but it is kind of, um, one note and, and strange for the sake of being strange. I mean, there's a scene where, <laughs> I mean, I laughed out loud because there's a scene where, uh, the detective is, is tracking him down because he suspects that he's killing people by sticking them up his asshole. Yes. <laughs> and the detective gets in the car. And like, just like, it's like a vacuum starts sucking everything out of the car. That's
2: what I'm talking about with the floppy disk.
1: Oh, 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 yes. Okay, okay, okay. But yeah, uh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you meant earlier in the film. Um, oh, no, no. yeah, I, yeah, so, and there's a shot in the, like a, a reverse shot in the mirror of, of, of the actor just holding his butt cheeks like apart a little mm-hmm. bit. I mean, it's just, it's a ridiculous fucking shot and it made me laugh, but it's one of those things that I don't know that you can take seriously ever, which is, it's not meant to be taken seriously. And I think that's part of the joke, but I think it doesn't quite have enough humor in it Mm -hmm. to be all the way, um, you know, to be something kind of subversive and and,
2: well, and and I think that is, that is the difficult part with these fantastic fest movies, Um, that, that are like kind of like high premise or, or like weird premise movies. Like there was a movie. Did you ever see the movie Milo or bad Milo? I think it it was. Oh no, no, no. Okay. So do you know the premise of it? Um,
1: I, I know I read about it, but I can't remember it.
2: So it was a movie with, with, uh, with Ken Marino and Gillian Jacobs. Um, and essentially, uh, the, the plot of the movie was that, um, was that there was a like they discovered a polyp in Ken Marino's uh, intestinal tract, and then essentially the polyp forms into a like a an alien inside of him, or I, I don't. It's like a I don't know exactly what it is, but it's it's some kind of creature that begins like uh killing people, but it lives in his ass, and 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 that's <laughs> and 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 it's. Yeah, and it's one of those movies that again, I mean, it premiered at South by Southwest, funny enough, but but it's a movie where like it's a premise about a monster that lives in a guy's ass and kills people. And then you get to the movie and it's just like it's it's a movie that's like takes itself seriously. It's not funny enough. It's not and and these movies I think that are that have a ridiculous premise like that, it's almost as if they write the premise and then make an actual movie that's not fun about it. Oh, and, yeah, yeah and i think even the mood and the tone of butt boy is confusing because it's not fun and it's not and i think a movie like this you have to have fun with it or you have to have it be like an allegory or like something something that you can relate to that it's that it's trying to say on a deeper level but doing it with a ridiculous premise you know and i don't think that it has that element to it and i also don't think it has the humor to it so what you ultimately get is a is a movie that has ridiculous stuff in it that's played somewhat straight. Now, and it certainly has its moments and a sense of humor, but also at the same time, um, it's not an interesting enough uh, execution to where you can go, oh, that was actually like, like it's a ridiculous premise, but it was actually a good movie. I don't, cause I don't think that it is one, but I think that it, it,
1: yeah. Yeah, I. Uh... I mean, I I think um, there's a there's a I don't know that allegory is necessarily the way I go with it. I just think more of a kind of a straight faced parody, Um, you know, almost like a, um, you know, obviously the naked gun is an is an outlier, but something that that is like a serious story, not serious, not I mean, sorry, a, a, a non serious story, but played completely serious by everybody involved. I think would probably have worked a little better because I think there's just too much. There's a little too much self-awareness creeping in. And I don't think, and again, I don't think uh butt boy himself is very charismatic and it doesn't really register at all. Cause he's kind of a sad sack. Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to, it's kind of hard to nail down what would make this movie better because it's ridiculous enough that it's, that it should be kind of easy to, to come up with the humor but i just don't know what the recipe is for it yeah anyway what's your grade for butt boy
2: uh i'm rolling out another c here i'm giving it a c i I wasn't i wasn't into it unfortunately
1: i'm gonna go c plus because i uh i had more fun with it than i thought um and I, i did kind of love the one of the last scenes in the film i thought it was nice and over the top yeah all right let's move on to our last movie wendy
0: Remember the voice in your head? The one that said, sneak away. Crazy? Wendy, Here is the place it came from. Really, fly? Fly!
1: So this is a, I don't know, somewhat modern day retelling of Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter and Wendy, uh, the Jane Barry novel. Um, of course, the basis for Peter Pan that everyone knows. Um, this is told from the perspective of Wendy, and it's from the director of Beast of the Southern Wild*. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's his first film since Beasts of the Southern Wild. Yeah. Um, and it had a brief theatrical release, and now it's on pay-per-view, Our pay-per-view, listen to me. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. It's in the night, <laughs> it was on pay-per-view on Channel 99. Uh, <laughs> it's on VOD now. Um, what did you think of Wendy? Yeah, well, you know, um,
2: it, you know, it premiered at Sundance in January, and it was released um, on, so it had a limited release on February 28th so by the time the theaters were shut down a, f- a few weeks later um, it hadn't really expanded very far so what so fox uh, excuse me searchlight pictures um, decided yes. to um, to put it out online for for I, I, I believe it was 599 right for the rental so they put it out for a, a decent you know actual fair to Fair to, fairly priced um, cost there, so um, yeah. So it's it's most notable um, outside of the fact that it's an adaptation of Peter Pan for being, as you said, the first movie that Ben Zeitlin has made since *Beast of the Southern Wild*, uh, which is is sort of fascinating because that movie uh, *Beast of the Southern Wild* came out in 2012. That came out eight years ago, and he was nominated. He was 29, and he was nominated for Best Director. Um, he was nominated, got an Oscar nomination, and then he disappeared for eight years, and so it was a long-awaited return um, to filmmaking for Ben Zeitlin because he was one of the you know that year he was you know I believe that was Wolf of Wall Street year and he was like up against Martin Scorsese and you know a bunch of uh, real heavy hitters in that category. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I I will preface this by saying I, I don't I've seen peter pan i don't remember it all that well um it's been since my childhood since i you talking about it. the animated film yeah, yeah 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 okay and i haven't seen any other adaptation so i haven't seen anything resembling it i haven't seen hook or anything else Wait, um, you haven't seen hook i haven't no and i mean l- not unless i saw it when i was a kid I, i'm pr- i think we owned it i just remember nothing of it
1: it's not it's not a good movie
2: that's but. what i've heard yeah. um but um Having said that, you know, this movie is 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 a bit strange. Um I think that it's trying to recapture what Beast of the Southern Wild was, um which is sort of a somewhat fantastical um yet somehow gritty and rooted um blend of uh, of of child-focused um stuff and really kind of speaking to children's imaginations, which is sort of a, a big part of what Beast of the Southern Wild was. Um, and I was getting vibes as well of like where the wild things are. Uh, yeah. I was
1: going to say that myself. The spike Jones. Yeah. Yeah. The spike Jones, which is
2: a a fantastic
1: movie that I love. Um, but it's so, but it's so disconnected with the reality of a child today, which where the wild things are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and this, and this too, but yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and I think it, it tries to be that sort of like has the rambunctious kid nature of, of what Where the Wild Things Are is. But I think it's, it's just not. I think, I think Where the Wild Things Are sort of has a message behind it, um, that I, that I was able to crack into that I really liked. And, and this is more of, of, of a comparison and sort of the, the, na- the nature and the spirit of the movie, um, more so than anything else. I think that the good thing is, is that, um, the movie is really well shot. Um, and I think it, it, it looks really pretty. Um, and, and I, I actually really like kind of like the film grain look of it all as well. Um, and, um, and there's some great scenery and there's, uh, some good, uh, some, you know, some, some really cool, uh, sets and things like that. I think where it sort of fumbles is that, it feels at times like a collection of scenes rather than a narrative, and especially when paired together with music, there are scenes where it looks like it's like it looks like it's a commercial for something i don't know if <laughs> if you've got that vibe, but like there's there's a sequence where kids are like playing on a log and stuff and music is playing, and it feels like it's it's like a a commercial for like you know a, a life insurance or something and, <laughs> well i don't I don't know about
1: that but
2: I, 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 I was just getting the vibe that it felt very montagy uh and um and not really well constructed um as that uh, in, in that sense now i think that where the movie starts to fall apart a bit is that one i think that it's boring um <laughs> yes and i yeah. think it's really uneventful um I, I also think that the acting across the board is not good um i think that the kid who plays peter Pan is just a bad child actor
1: and <laughs> Yahshua Mack is his name. Yeah. He is, I did not like him at all. I was, when he appeared, I was like, I hope this isn't Peter Pan. Cause he sucks. <laughs> yeah.
2: And even when the, when, when there's some adults that show up, I thought all of them were bad.
1: Um, I did, I did like Devin France who plays Wendy. Um, I think she might have a future. Um, you know, she has some a, a very, um, kind of unique look to her i mean the the you know her she she's got like the you know childlike wonder thing down pretty well
2: yeah she looks like she would be like a spielberg character yeah 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 um yeah i i i and and i think she's okay i think she's fine i i think that the, the movie writes her like there's weird quirks to the script too where like the 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 like the kids every time they they sort of like do very mild cursing and it it never really it it feels weird um i don't think that that's a successful piece it feels like they're throwing it in there um sort of nonchalantly without any real purpose of it um and, and then i just i again the it, it, it's it's another movie if if there's a running theme here it's 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 a, it's movies that take themselves seriously and it, it's a very self-serious um and, and kind of without a pulse, um, take on, on this story. And, and again, I don't have any reference point that I can specifically point to, um, but I, I just found myself finding it to be really dour.
1: Well, okay, so Peter Pan is all about, you know, not growing up, is kind of the whole the right. premise of the whole thing, and which this movie tackles in a way that's pretty fucking dark. <laughs> um, but I just don't think there's enough there around it to kind of bolster that darkness Um, so like the idea is that like these kids which are basically kind of like you know hillbilly garbage kids (laughs) run away on this train after living like they live in a diner beside a train like fuck that sounds miserable but uh they they somehow get to this island which I guess is Neverland, Never Neverland. I mean, Neverland was the Michael Jackson one. <laughs> yes, um, and, and and these kids have all gotten there by some sort of like leaving their home, like it was, um, like um, one of the kids that goes missing, like from the first part of the film, ends ends up there, and he has an age, and Peter Pan, Peter, not Peter Pan, but he was almost abandoned by his family after something happened. Mm-hmm. So it's all pretty dark. Um, I just don't think that the whimsy that is a, is there. Cause it's just the, the, and again, this is part of where the wild things are problem. I had, um, it, it, it pictu- it demonstrates like the idyllic child life as being just, you can play and get dirty and whatever uh you know with no supervision or whatever but it doesn't take into account take it account anything else and i think that is not enough to drive the narrative along especially since it stays a little rooted like there's there's obviously some sort of fantastical elements going on but it stays a little more rooted like no one flies right uh, there's no there's no tinker bell um etc so it, it it leaves this kind of Like, lives in this kind of uh, um, middle space where it doesn't really seem like it's any fun?
2: Yeah, and I think, again, with with this kind of thing, if it's not fantastical and it's not magical in some way, then what's the point? I mean, other than than (laughs) the fact that the kids don't age when they're there and they don't grow up... um, like like there's there's maybe one scene that happens where imagination a couple of scenes that happens where imagination takes over but it's done in a way where the imagination is on like the burden of it is on the the people who are believing in it and and so like there's there's again there's no fantastical elements to it um that that one like you said make it any fun but also that really give it a purpose
1: yeah it- like it just feels like a like you know the reason the the kids run away is you know it's not it's not um really clear either like they just see something happening you know it's not like they're unhappy or whatever um yeah actually and and this is a kind of a weird take um so there's a direct-to-video sequel of uh for for uh Peter Pan the Disney version called Return to Neverland and mm-hmm. normally those are kind of garbage but this is from the early 2000s and they did a pretty decent job with it. And, uh, like the whole reason the kids leave this time is because it's happening during the Blitz of, of World War Two of London. Oh, wow. So it's like there's a real element there of escapism. This one doesn't feel like I don't know what they're escaping. They're just going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like they just leave their house and go to this island and that's it. Um, yeah, I just I don't quite understand what the again like <laughs> like selling the spades like I don't get why it's so goddamn serious and not fun because it's not fun like there's nothing fun at all about it yeah no and I I agree and there's even like a, a damn origin story in it for a certain villain related to Peter Pan I don't know if you picked up on that
2: yes uh, yeah okay
1: I uh, just didn't know because you didn't, I know you haven't seen the, you're, you're very Peter Panless, not Peter Pantsless. Um, <laughs> <Jesus laughs> fucking <Christ. laughs> stupid.
2: Okay. What's your grade for Wendy? Uh, my grade for Wendy is again,
1: a C. Three C's all the way Triple across C. the board. Um, yeah, I'm going to give it a C also. I just don't get it. It's, it's really pretty. It's really pretty to look at. Yeah. But that's really it. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Next week, I have no idea what's what's coming out next week, Cody.
2: So next week, we have um, Extraction. Uh, oh, yeah, the Netflix film. Netflix film with Chris Hemsworth.
1: And the um, Russo brothers produced it, I believe. I believe that they is correct.
2: It. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if they wrote it. I know they produced it. Um, uh, we also have uh, another movie that was supposed to be premiering at South by Southwest, um which i we haven't talked about but i think would be a good one to cover which is uh Spike Jones's uh Beastie Boys documentary
1: uh, oh, is out on Apple yes. TV plus yes i'm going to have to sign up for a free <laughs> free trial of that <laughs> cuz i don't have it
0: <laughs>
2: i got a free year when i got my new phone so
1: oh that's right yeah um i yeah i i'm a huge Beastie Boys fan uh i don't know if were you were you fan
2: uh you know what i i i had and i owned um um man the one the when because when intergalactic came out was was like when i was hello hello nasty hello nasty yeah i had hello nasty that's as far as i ever went other than like hearing radio songs but i I did have hello nasty
1: radio songs what the fuck man what Uh, i mean (laughs) like sabotage I'm, i'm sure you've yeah seen and heard a million times and yeah you know uh paul's boutique is a great album anyway i was big i saw them in concert like 20 years ago that was like the first that was the first real big concert i'd ever gone to Mm -hmm. and i was mm, 19 and i i we were right by the stage me and my friend and right by the speakers and i thought I was never going to hear right again because <laughs> I had like three days of like like ear, yeah. that ear noise. Uh, it scared the shit out of me. You know who else who opened for them? Rancid and they were terrible. Wow, I bet. Were, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, no, I'm, I've I forgot that that movie was coming out and I'm I'm looking forward to it because I'm a big fan.
2: Yeah, and I think that I I think Spike Jones is a good vessel for that. Um, well, he
1: directed like their best videos yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, him and him and nathaniel hornblower but i think nathaniel hornblower is dead because mm. that's because that's because uh, that's the adam um adam yeah anyway sorry you didn't you don't know that but the the guy that was the director he was dressed like a german guy in lederhosen was mm-hmm. one of the beastie boys also yeah i was picking up on that okay uh yeah anything else
2: um, there might be one or two I need to, so like what what we've kind of been doing is, is I've been, uh, sending you trailers of what to rent, uh, as, as the weeks go on. So I'm going to uncover and see if there's anything else. And then there's stuff that, that, that just, you know, I didn't realize that Wendy had been dumped until I was scrolling through iTunes rentals. So, um, yeah. there might be some stuff that drops unexpectedly, but I think those two for sure,
1: um, we'll cover and then we'll, we'll maybe one more if we find something that looks good. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at net. Find us on Twitter at cinesnob, Facebook cinesnob critic. If you listen to our two other podcasts. Uh, we just dropped a new episode of re MCU yesterday covering the Avengers,
0: mm-hmm. uh, a
1: film that, uh, you and I both remembered fondly and, um, kind of took a new look at, uh, this time around, um, kind of in, in the world that we're living in now, how, how How strange it was that that was such a risk back then.
2: Yeah, yeah, Um, it was. It was really interesting to have that perspective on it.
1: You can also listen to Quarantine Stream. Uh, That is our uh, quarantine podcast where we speak to uh, uh, other people in the entertainment industry uh, about what they're watching during quarantine. We recommend a film to them. They recommend a film to us, and then um, we try to convince them to watch our film. We have two episodes out now uh with Jerry comedian Jerry Rocha. Uh, we've got uh, um another episode coming very soon uh with uh writer uh, director actor uh, friend of the show Greg Sestero. Yes sir. Serno from uh, The Room and The Disaster Artist and Best Friends. Uh that was a lot of fun too. Um we we go into a, a deep dive on Disney stuff.
2: Yeah, we thought we w- we wanted to do something a little bit different and um and really uh D- Greg has been watching a lot of Disney movies, as you'll come to find out. So it- it's interesting that we get to have that side of it. And then I'm working behind the scenes also for our third guest. Um, it's in that one's in the works as well.
1: He, uh, Greg had a very deep knowledge of some of the films that we talked about that I was very surprised by.
2: Yeah, he has almost an encyclopedic knowledge of, Dis- of old Disney movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah, anything else before we go? You got anything no, else to support? Uh, no, I just
2: uh, if you like the show, any of our shows and in podcast, uh, leave them leave them positive reviews in uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we're looking to kind of grow that a little bit, and uh, yeah. And if you have any suggestions for Corinne Stream, and uh, we're also accepting emails um, on that, and yeah. So uh, we're I, I don't know about you, but I've been enjoying I, I between this and the other show I do with Jerry Roach of the Ramble, we we record for two hours on sunday two plus hours on sunday (laughs) and now we have three uh, three shows going i'm actually enjoying being uh productive and putting out lots of content
1: yeah um the the stream episode's been really fun they've they've fostered a lot of conversations that i again like i wasn't aware that greg had an encyclopedic knowledge of 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 1960s disney films Mm -hmm. and the and that would you know had a at a, a certain point would loved them so much he almost memorized them so (laughs) uh yeah uh all right on that note i'm jerry kingery i'm cody viafania
0: thank you for listening to the cine snob podcast to read reviews interviews and more visit cine see you next week